Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Sandy Pars Podcast, your source for in-depth discussions about the world of golf for the amateur golfer. We're your hosts, Randy Duran and Ryan Munoz. On this episode, we are thrilled to present our very first Masters Tournament episode. We recap the Valero Texas Open, the ANA Inspiration, and then absolutely dive into the Masters with original topics we're excited to share with you. Stay tuned after the break. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast for a very special Masters edition. Um, Master! Ver- <laughs> Master! <laughs> we're extremely excited. This is probably our uh, our biggest podcast in terms of topics, things that we're looking forward to. we got a really big week ahead of us. Um, but before we dive into that, we have some golf to catch up on. Um, let's review just real quick. We'll go over the Valero Texas Open. Not so quickly, we will go over the ANA Inspiration. Um, which was obviously the bigger tournament, uh, far more exciting, I would agree. Um, so let's just touch on our, our picks. Dude, it was a, a big oh, week for you. Overall, I thought golf, it was an exciting week in, weekend in golf. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I hit our DraftKings, which turns out if all your guys make the cut on DraftKings, you have a very good chance of winning. But I, I, I went... I didn't have anyone that tore it up too much. I had, but just guys that kind of played well. A, a mm-hmm. bunch of top ten guys: Chris Kirk, Ryan Palmer, Brendan Grace, Kazire, who tore it up on Sunday, and Abe Answer. And then I hit a top ten with uh, at plus five hundo with my man Chris Kirk. He man. almost came through uh, like about a month ago. I forget what tournament. I, I want to say it was the players. Yes, but uh, finally, not as big of a payout, but but uh, on it. And then I. I missed. I bet the wrong sisters at the ANA on my top tens. I uh, I should have bet Mariah to turn again and and uh, Nelly Corda, but Nelly Corda wasn't a good payout. So right on. Missed those top tens, but overall, man, I thought it was a very exciting weekend of golf, which we'll we'll kind of dive into and wrap up. Right, and I don't mean to take anything away from the Valero Texas Open because there is a guy who won that tournament who somebody at this table said was due for a big year. And they had to do one of their bold predictions was that he would win again. Jordan Spieth at the top, uh, you know, after Sunday, super exciting watching him play well again. Uh, yeah, that was it. Was a cool round. You got on here on on the notes that you're happy for Spieth, and I'm like the same. I'm not like a huge Jordan Spieth neither. fan by any means, but the dude's obviously got game, and. Uh, you know, he's been in kind of a slump, but what I really respect is how he's handled himself these past few years. For sure. And he's never thrown anyone under the bus. Any, He's never fired anyone on his team. Yep. He's just stuck to it and grinded and got his game back and fucking won. And I think probably he's going to win. I wouldn't be surprised to see him run off a couple more wins this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got that putter working again. I mean, he at one point he was like 36 of 39 for putts within 10 feet. I don't. I wouldn't even make a quarter of that. That's amazing, yep. especially when you're playing in tournament conditions on the PGA Tour. Uh, again, super excited. I saw him, uh, his post-game or a post-round interview or whatever, and he's just like, finally, I don't have to answer questions about like what's going on with my game anymore. Um, and, but he was never rude during that time either, right? Like you're like, saying. Like, like he'd, so it's... Class act. Yep, 100% class, pure class. Couldn't be happy for, happier for him. Um, and that's a great prediction because, like, like I said, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him roll off a couple more Ws here. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, the reason I even picked him at the beginning of the year to have a, a bold prediction was just because I think at the wraparound he started playing a little bit better, like toward you know towards the end of last mm-hmm. year. Um, started hitting some good shots, having some speed moments, and I can't remember exactly when they were, but it just looked better. Like he was actually out there putting together good rounds, having fun again, not you know whining after every shot. No offense, but like he he got into that habit for a long time. Yeah. I don't know if his expectations just got super high for himself because how could they not? He's you know he's gone out there and won a ton of majors before the age of what twenty five yeah. or six. So. Um, you know, it's really easy to fall into that. Am I going for, you know, a successful career or like one that could be one for the ages? You know what I mean? Higher well, he's still got plenty of time to plenty, make it one for the ages. Plenty of time. Um, my DraftKings, I was leading after Friday. But as you said, having a team that makes <laughs> has everybody make the cut, and I missed the cut by one stroke for three different guys. I won't bore you, bore you with who they are, but I did have Spieth on my DraftKings winning it all. So... That is the only positive I took uh, betting. I didn't do any top tens. Um, I was really just getting ready for this week. I think I took Palmer top ten. He came close, but didn't quite get it. It was it was uh, it was interesting on Sunday. To, close enough to where I pulled up the PGA site and was watching Palmer play some of the holes. Right, I knew <laughs> yeah. he wasn't getting any love, but I knew where he was at, uh, which made it a little bit fun. But yo, the talk of Sunday, right? I think right, and just kind of full wrap up on on the ANA couple things i need full coverage in the first two rounds right i don't need the the break it's it's this is a major so i don't care what you got to do it's thursday friday give me give me start to finish coverage of everyone playing right i don't want the condensed to the prime time slot i understand what they're trying to do but let's go let's let's make this like come on it can't be that hard what was more frustrating was I couldn't find, like, I was thinking I can go to, like, the golf channel. I text you. Does right. PG, like, so I didn't I, even get a chance to check to see if it was on the golf pass or whatever. Don't make this, don't make, I'm trying to throw money at you motherfuckers, yeah. too. Like, Stop, don't make this that hard for Stop me. making yeah, money chasing yeah. it. Um, but, so, it, a, a great tournament, right? And, and Sunday turned out to be kind of crazy because you, you look at it, I flipped it on, right? I see mm-hmm. the this, this scores and I, I'm like, oh, well, Patty, Patty... Tavit Tanakit was the wire-to-wire leader. Um, she's going to be a star. We'll, we'll talk about her round, but I see her. She's got a five-shot lead going into Sunday. Right. And I'm like, well, this isn't, you know, this there's there's, there's really no one there. But the, the whole Sunday, if you look at the scores, it's all interesting. Um, there was a lot of low scores on Sunday, and we'll get to that. I think that little article that came out a couple weeks ago talking about kind of redesigning that course was set up yesterday to score. Yeah. Um, so there was obviously the 10 under round from which, Lydia, from Lydia Co. But Nelly Corda shot five or six under Christy Kerr shot, I think six under. So there was a lot, you know, they set it up to score and that made this, it was fun. It, Cause if they don't set that course up like that, right. Tavitanik uh, probably just runs away from the major, and there's no reason to even watch that that round, right? Because um, she was unbelievable, but Lydia Ko was unbelievable so as well. I, 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 caught, I did catch Sunday, and I did catch uh, Lydia just absolutely balling. I mean, it was the uh, the ball was on a string, um, and all the putts that she was hitting were going right in the center of the cup. Yep, there was no doubt about them. Good, uh, good for you know. It's kind of happened in, on both the the PGA and LPGA fronts, right? She hasn't won, I don't think, since two thousand seven. She didn't win, but 
she's back on track. She played well. She's played well all season. She's been up in the top 10, so I think it's just a matter of time. But, man, 10 under par, um, eight birdies, one eagle, and nine pars mixed in there. She kind of... She lost a little momentum playing aggressively on the right. last few holes, she which you got to do. She's it. trying to win a major, right. so so you can. You, but and she still shot, you know, under the twenty nine, and then I forgot what she had on the back. But I mean, we had a twenty nine on a Sunday, and then uh, the little killer to uh, God damn it, I can't say her name. Tab- what it, Patty T. That's what we call her. Patty uh, T. <laughs> Patty T. She was smooth too. Like she could have given it away if she if she didn't play well. Dude, she decided to go out there and play well, even though she was up five. She you know? made. Two, she went shot four under. Yep. She eagled two. She made two incredible chip shots that she, damn near went in for birdies, but were like, you know, Lydia Ko's two holes above or in front of her. Yeah. So me and Ava watching. And we're like, fuck, you know, if she could drop one here, Lydia can get a birdie, then it's one, and all of a sudden, right, if it's right. one. But she never dropped, she put, when the, when those moments came, she hit two just, like, incredible chip shots that were about to go in and hovering right there. So, I, um, just watching her, when if she's, if that girl's dialed in like, like, like she was this week, she's going to win a lot more tournaments on the LPGA because she drives the ball 300 yards pretty much at, at will. Um, and what she showed short game wise was very impressive, especially under pressure. She's only, she went pro last year, uh, out of UCLA. So she's wow. only like 23, 22 years old with that kind of short game already. Yeah. Yeah, wow. so uh, I would look out for her, but but that was I, I th- overall I thought it was good. It was a great Sunday, even though it could have it could have turned out disastrous with her just kind of running away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had you had an old stud coming through, making some good good shots, and it, it was very entertaining to watch. I got a little bonus question I just added in here off off the ANA as well. So the tradition is. The, the winner and the caddy jump into Poppy's Pond back there. Right. So you're caddying for the winner. What are you doing going into Poppy's Pond after you caddy? Well, it's a tradition. Is no, you what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you, what, how are you jumping in that? You're jumping in. What, what are you? Yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Are you pulling off like a cannonball? you going oh, flip? What are you oh, doing? yeah. Well, I'm not diving because it's a pond. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> yeah, shit, there's no business diving yes. in a pond. I'm doing like a can opener. Yeah, I'm doing a was, cannonball. That was, that was me. Can opener. Yeah. I'm going can opener. I'm trying to make the biggest <laughs> splash possible. That's a great tradition, though. They, they even have like the robes for them afterwards, you know? Dude, she before, before Patty T, even more why I'm a fan of her, before she ever jumped in there, she popped a bottle of champagne and started pouring that motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. Any anything else you wanted to cover on the ANA before we do it? No, I think that was um, that's about it. All right, I've been waiting to do this for uh, over a year since we started the podcast. But hello, friends! Welcome to our very first Masters podcast. Oh yeah, we're about to Let's cover go. the greatest tradition that's unlike any other, the best major of all the majors. With our friends Jim Nance and the gang, Tiger Woods will not be there this year. Hoping that Brooks Kepka Brooks Kepka plays well this year. Um, super excited to to finally get some real fans, fans, the patrons you know, at the uh, 
at Augusta last year. We had to watch it without it. I'm definitely going to turn this down now. <laughs> but you guys get the point. We're very, very, very excited. Um, I'm, I'm pumped to see some azaleas blooming. Uh, I'm super excited to see patrons back on the hallowed grounds. Um, we're making a trip down to Fresno this week to hang out with some of our, of our buddies and play some golf, watch the Masters, and really just like veg out, watch the, the greatest tradition. Um, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to? Dude, I'm looking forward to everything, everything about this week, uh, leading up to the tournament, uh, going to Fresno to hang out, play some golf, watch it. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's springtime. It's Masters in the spring. So right. We as had it's Masters supposed to in be. the fall, which was great. Um, right. But this is, like you said, as it's supposed to be, we got patrons back on the course. We saw them there, which we, we didn't touch on, but the U.S. Right. Am, the, At the Women's Am. Um, the course looked fucking incredible. It looks great. Um, All accounts is it's playing super hard, super fast. It's going to be uh, a lot different tournament than we saw out there in the fall. There's some rain in the forecast coming up, so we'll see how that affects everything, but uh you know, all the all the pros out there talking about it are saying that you know they're expecting it to play way more difficult than it did um back in November. I would think so. Um I was <laughs> Uh, I was surprised to hear that Kepka was playing. I didn't think that he was going to be able to make Dude, it. Dude, that's the biggest news of yesterday. Yes. Uh, how about this? Brooks Kepka? If he, if he quits golf, he's got a career in professional wrestling. This is like a professional wrestling move, right? You don't think, you don't think that he's, he's supposed to not play. He just had surgery a right. month ago. And then... All of a sudden, his music. Oh, hits. that's Brooks Kepka's music. <laughs> He's been spotted at the range on Sunday, <laughs> but fresh off an engagement, ready to win a jacket. His knee looked fine getting down on one, right? Real, yeah, um, that's right. But, but but real talk, this guy's a stud. He was in contention the last Masters, uh, not last year, but mm -hmm. but but uh, the last Spring Masters, right? Right. Um, I don't think he would sign up to play if he wasn't healthy and didn't think that he could play and make a difference in this tournament. That's um, true. Because just knowing like his attitude, right? He's not going to sign up to get his ass kicked and, and withdraw or miss the cut. So exactly, I think he's healthy. Um, let's fucking go! I'm, I'm pulling I'm for him. Yeah. I, I'm juiced that he's in there. Um, That's. I mean, honestly, he doesn't have to win a Grand Slam if he wins the Masters with his U.S. Opens and I mean his PGA Championship. That's that's good enough. I mean, that's Hall of Fame right there. Let's go. Let's uh, go. <laughs> what do you think the chances of uh, DJ repeating are? I mean, he's the number one player still. He's his game still looks great. Pretty high. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna bet on him just because I don't. Uh, can't, the chalk hard. right yeah. is not worth it, but. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet for him to. I wouldn't bet against. Bet, bet against him. Um, right. I don't. I don't see. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why not. Especially, how, especially with how dominant he was last year la, or last fall. We obviously right. know the course is going to be different, but dude, when DJ's on, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, after it's, he was like he was playing well. I mean, it, it seems like a lifetime ago, but he was playing so well going into the last Masters. Yeah, and that when he won it, it like made sense. It's like mm -hmm. he's he's been playing the best of anybody on the tour, um, and it kind of does seem like though 
that he did take a little bit of like, all right, you know, I'm gonna enjoy. The, yeah, but the, he he also ran into a couple buzz saws at the WGC. Like for he sure. was still under par in all right. his rounds. I'm not it's, saying he's uh, playing poorly. Yeah, I'm saying I get that you though. Just let off the let, let off, off the, the gas, gas a little, little bit. bit. Yeah. So he's a little bit under the radar right now because like ah, I'm just gonna really focus and get ready for the next Masters. You know, I, these other tournaments. Don't no, he's gonna be a factor. To right. I, he he he's gonna be in play on Sunday. I would be very surprised to not see him in play on Sunday. I'm actually excited for this next segment here because uh, this is a great, we're going to call it instead of sleepers and busts or, you know, who we think might be coming out of nowhere versus, uh, you know, people who we think are are way too overvalued or way too, um, I guess, ranked too highly to do well. We're going to call these Nicholases and Normans. And uh, we're going to do three or four each. Um, Nicholases, who do you think is going to be the... Somebody who's going to contend, you know, somebody who's a somebody. And then Normans, uh, you know, everyone's a somebody at this tournament, obviously, but yeah. you know what I mean. Some yep. of the top-ranked golfers, who do you think is that someone in the top-ranked is going to perform particularly poorly? Okay. Um, so my Nicholas's, I'm going to go with uh, three kind of, you know, that that are, are somebodies, and then mm-hmm. one that he is a somebody, but a little bit of a long shot, but that's what I'll come back around. So. Uh, my number one, Mr. Dislocated Ankle at ma- at the Masters. Um, it's about damn time for Tony Finau to win a tournament and what better time to come through and win it here at the Masters. All right. So, um, I'm All going right. with Finau, the man we just talked about. Like, I... F- I feel like Brooks Kepka, he needs stone cold music when he like that's what he needed to show up at the range. Um, but Brooks, give me Brooks. Um, like I said, I don't think he, I don't think he would show up if he wasn't healthy and right. didn't think he can win. So um, I'm going with him. A guy that's been playing well leading up to this tournament, kind of since the Florida swing, gradually just increasing and getting better. Um, Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, good call. Another dude that hasn't won on the PGA, on PGA, but but I think is due, and and he's been his his form is in, pretty damn good right now, leading mm-hmm. up to it. And then my kind of long shot, um, who's been playing well all season. He played well at at the uh, at the Genesis, which is a super comparable course. Uh, is Matthew Fitzpatrick? He's been play- yeah, he's been playing great. So that's actually a really good pick. And he is, I mean, he's a, he's a relative somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not quite the though the name of, of the first three I picked. So who 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 do you got on the Nicholases? So on the Nicholases, I got uh, a big surprise here. My number one guy who I think is actually going to win it. I'm going to say JT. I think I know he's already won um, the the players this year, but I just think his overall game. If I had to just put any money on him, which I may have mm-hmm. to win it all. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, we'll tease. Yes, I did. Uh, so I put I, I have him as my number one. Uh, I have Spieth up there. I mean, he's he's putting incredibly well again. And last week at the Valero Texas Open, I mean, he was just draining putts, anything inside 10 feet. And everybody knows you have to putt well at Augusta, even though surprisingly some not-so-good putters have well, have won it. But Well, so, and, and, and on Spieth, right, I, I listened to him on Thursday give a round, or an interview after his round. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about that course and just kind of like they, they asked him, you know, you 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 obviously have the Masters looming next week. You know, what are you what are you trying to accomplish out here? Win, etc. But he goes, this is actually a tight course, right? He goes, next week's a little bit more open. So mm-hmm. he was kind of using he said he's trying to use this 
the Texas Open as, you know, if he can get the ball in play there, right. he knows he should be good. It'll seem almost open out at Augusta next week. So, yeah, I, I love everything about that pick. Um, yep, and I mean, I got to Except for that it's, it, he's got chalk because it's public pick because he just won. Right? That's right, but, for sure. I, I mean, mean the, uh, the but yeah, I would love to see him win it too. Um, I think, yeah, I think that just coming off this win, his confidence is at an all-time high. He's... He's been a top 10 guy all season long um, to where, yeah, I, I think that he has a really good shot at being a Nicholas. The next one is John Rahm. Um, Almost made my list. And I think just because when you look, I, I think I heard today that nobody outside the top 16 in the world golf rankings has, except for maybe one or two people since the world golf rankings ex- existed, has ever won the Masters, which I thought was incredible. Um because when Sergio won, it was he really in the top sixteen. No, yeah. He so was supposed to win. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if that's exactly true, or whatever. But I tried to pick the guys who were on the top of the list because they're playing. Yeah, there's no way he was in the top no, sixteen. There's no way. Um. Um. So yeah. So I picked John Rom. I think. Uh, I think Rom's game kind of suits it well. He's. I think he's done well there in the past, and just where his game's at right now, I think that he's gonna be one of those guys that goes for it. I mean, he was. He's been in contention in majors before. Um, you know, he's really, he's already had the baby that was, you know, yep, going yep, to yep. possibly interfere with the Masters. So I think he's going to go out there and, and and play play really well. And then the last guy is another double down on my bold predictions this year with Victor Hovland. Now, if I had to bet money on him, I probably wouldn't have picked him as one of my Nicholases, um, but. I just think that he, his game is really good. Um, his short game isn't the greatest, so he's going to have to rely on, you know, off the tee and some of his putting. But that's um, a huge part of Augusta. Strokes exactly. gain off the tee is a huge stat and indicator there. Exactly, exactly. And so that, that actually just reminded me, it was strokes gained off the tee. Um, that was, a, if you're outside the top 16 in that, was the one. Which And John Rom's definitely in the top 16 in that. For sure, um, yep. So anyway, those are my Nicholases, and I, and I feel bad. I feel bad calling these the Normans, but yeah, Greg Normans had two terrible blowups, <laughs> two terrible showings at the. Uh, they're not terrible showings, but terrible final rounds in the Masters. I mean, you can't even call it a Vandeville because this is Masters specific. He did it twice. Yep. Okay. So um, I'll start with the Normans because I want to get the hate out of the way for myself. Uh, I picked Rory McIlroy as my first Norman. He's uh, mm-hmm. obviously one of the best players in the world. I'm, I'm. Someone bold predicted he would win the Masters uh, and yes. two majors. Yes, I'm, and we'll see where someone else has him in the Nicholas's and Normans. Here. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and I, it's just where his game is at right now. You know, he's he's, he's, he's lost. He's gonna figure it out, and it's so it's sad to see him struggle this much because he's clearly one of the best in the world. Um, I don't know if I buy that. This is total tangent, but I don't know if I buy if uh, he started struggling because he's trying to gain distance, like uh, like Bryson. I mean, that kind of seems really weird. Like, okay, the only person out driving you is Bryson, and you're st- and you have one of the best iron games in the world. So what are you doing? You know what I mean? The only person that's better than you off the tee is Bryson, and you got to change your whole game. I don't really know if I buy that. I'm well. I mean. But he's been terrible. The only reason I do buy it is because he's been just so bad off the tee this season. Yeah. Um, 
That is true. I mean, that was the one thing that was that was a strength, and he worked on that instead of anything else. So I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the approach. Yeah, that one it kills me. But yeah, that's I, somebody I, who's I, a swing evaluator that would be able to tell you what he's doing. I mean, he just, I feel like what he he would benefit most from is just taking some time off. I know he can't um, right now, given the yeah. schedule and the Masters obviously being here. But I think you know a month off and just probably like maybe getting away from golf and, yeah you know doing some normal shit and just living life right and then you know he's so he's skilled enough to where he can come back but for sure we'll see there's still a lot of season left for say bold predictions to come through yeah. but uh i don't <laughs> I, I i'm i'm not disagreeing with you on that sir who else you got <laughs> um my second norman is gonna be a guy that i really like uh morikawa um i just don't think he puts well enough and he's obviously one of the best iron players, if not the best right now. Yeah, but you got to be able to putt. You got to be able to putt at Augusta. Augusta. He's a guy that a lot of people are picking right now, too. A lot of people like him as a top 10 guy, as a possible winner. But I just know that he hasn't putted well in the past. He had a really good season this year putting so far, but I just don't trust it. And then my last pick is somebody that I've, <laughs> for the Normans, was a person that I mentioned on this podcast that would win the Masters. Matthew Wolf, and I have to turn on him just because, again, where his game is at, uh, you know, he's been playing pretty poorly. He's had an injury, um, and that's probably the cause of it because everybody, you know, really respects his Man, game. Man, he looks terrible around the greens, yeah, too. I know. He looks lost. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me, I know that this is a golf podcast, but he reminds me of, like, Tim Lincecum because... There's just what, so much going on. There's so much room for error. Yeah, and, like, like you have to have everything synced up with that type of a swing, and you know, can it last? It's like me. Yep. On a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> all um, right. Who are your Normans? All right. So I'll get this out of the way. I put my fucking bold prediction for the season on my Normans. Uh, Rory. Uh, he's he's just he's just not in good form. I don't think he's gonna find it this week. Um, so that, and with his status in the game, he's going to be, he, he's still going to be, you know, a, a, a favorite pick or in a, in a common public pick. Yep. Um, a second one, I don't even know how this is possible because he's won the masters, but dear God, he's playing poorly right now is Phil Mickelson. I know. Um, he almost made my list as well. I hope he turns it around because it's so much fun to watch lefty when he's doing lefty things, but it seems what like is he doing right now? It's, it seems like, it seems like yesterday that he was driving up Magnolia Lane talking about hitting bombs that so almost the same thing with rory why is he chasing so much distance uh there must physically be. he's in great shape he's in the best shape of his life a lot uh, of big shape of their life guys out there though i don't but yeah that one kills me and it, it really shouldn't be a norman because he's won the tournament before um but as far as just someone that's you got to put him on here and then this one this one tickles me to put on here <laughs> this son of a gun Hideki Matsuyama. Oh. He is a Norman. Wow. Um, he played well last week. He was in contention. He kind of crumbled towards the end, but I'm done. I'm done buying this guy, so I'm going to sell him. Uh, <laughs> We've been doing this podcast long <laughs> enough to watch your opinion of him go from just the top of the top to now you're selling. Now he's a Norman. Prove me wrong, sir. But um, yeah, that and and he's at a good price, I think, because he played well last week. But yeah. I'm not buying this. He no. played 
Again, my kind of how I'm going betting wise on this is I'm really using the Genesis Open, especially knowing that it's going to be a little firm and that course played so firm. Mm-hmm. Um, this mother, he didn't make the cut. Uh, he played terribly out there. So I don't see anything different. In fact, I, I might even, I'm, we got our bet section probably before Thursday. I'm going to put some bets in fading him on like matchups. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Well, that was our very first uh, Nicholas and Normans. Um, let's go on and move to Traditions of the Masters because it has so many. Um, there's some really good ones. Uh, I, you know, I can't really even say that there's any bad ones. I know. That's what I was. I, I, I initially had was I had one, and then I, I was like, there's not. I, can't. I know. So the, our thought process, we'll do the best and the worst. And what it's going to be is our favorites and our not-so-favorites, what it sounds like because... All the traditions there are pretty great. I mean, I think that's what really makes the Masters the... It's a tradition like no other. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all this stuff has been the same the entire time. And I know, you know, there's a lot of other stuff around circling around that, that, you know, that's not the greatest thing. But in terms of the actual event and the competition and, you know, how they host fans and everything like that, it has been a tradition unlike any other because it hasn't changed if you go 30 years from, you know, 30 years ago, it's going to be very similar to the experience you have today. Mm-hmm. The course is the same. It's the only major that has features a course that does not change from year to year. Um, and so that's why everybody loves it. Yep. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and pick our best and our worst master's traditions. And it's not best and worst. It's our favorites versus our, not, our least favorites, I guess I would say. Cool. Not so's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or not so's. <laughs> Um, you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. I started. I started uh, Nicholas and Norman. So, okay. what, what do you got? What's your best? Right on. Uh, I got so for my best, my favorite of all of them is the the green jacket presentation, which is like a transfer of power. It's gone on for eighty five years. So, what is going to happen this year with that? Is Tiger putting the oh no shit yeah. i'm a dummy i'm thinking it's springtime oh my god yes what a, what a loser no, dj's moment. gonna be out there but the, dj the oh my on. goodness <laughs> dude i've been thinking about asking that question for like two days <laughs> <laughs> no nah, just be yeah just because he wanted it on in november he still gets to be out my there. bad wow what an idiot um I, but no that's that it, it's it's so cool yeah especially I mean, for moments like when tiger had to put it on phil right yes and, and, and then vice versa yeah so, like it, yeah and I know it's this. I mean, has anybody won back to back majors? Oh, I'm sorry, back to back masters before. I mean, I wonder if Jack has done it or whatever. But the 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 Paulina, coolest... Paulina puts it on him. Yeah, I was just gonna DJ say they wins. Paulina puts it on him. <laughs> that that that's what they have to do. That'll be a new tradition. Um, your wife gets to put it on you if you if you win it two <laughs> times in a row. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the coolest thing when you see that happen. It's like you know, here's last year transferring the you know the championship to the next person but they're all still champions they yep. all still have their jackets they all get to go be lifetime members of augusta and play the the masters as long as they're willing to play um my number two the ceremonial opening tee shots um and I, I don't know if that's how long that's been going on i know it hasn't been like well actually it has been going on for a while and uh you know it's it had been sad for a while, for a while, watching because um, it was Gary Player and Jack Nicholas and, and, and Arnie, and then Arnie wasn't around for a while. But now they got Lee Elder out there, which is really, yep. really fucking cool. Um, 
I think that's something that's going to be great because, I mean, we're going to be old men one day and watch Ti- one of our guys go Tiger's going to be yeah. out there hitting an opening tee shot, you know? I think no, it's I love, really cool. I love that. I love that. Um, and then lastly, uh, I think it has to be the champion's dinner because I think that, you know, when you hear these guys talk about the events of the Masters and kind of like the camaraderie that happens, like especially when you've won one, um, the champion's dinner is like a place where all the legends come and like start to like congregate and talk and tell like all these crazy stories. I mean, yep, I, yep. if I could attend one of those, I would pay whatever. Oh my God. To, I mean, just to listen to these guys talk about this. I'll type buzz of stuff. tables. Yeah, I don't <laughs> care. I, I don't care. I'll, whatever, you, whatever you need. If you need me, if you're an older uh, winner, Gary player, if you need me to carry you in, I'll carry you in. That fool um, ain't gonna need you. To carry I know you he's gonna he outlive me. You. He's gonna outlive yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I just think that's something that's really cool. He'll because, carry you in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, but yeah. So the champions dinner is really cool. I think just having you know the, the winner from last year puts it on from the you know puts it on. Um, Some you know, would say it sets the tone for the week. It really. Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of them do, and I think that's just one of the coolest things to start the to start the tournament. It really gets everybody ready to go. Yep. What do you got for your best? All right, so my number one, pivoting off the champions dinner, is the champions dinner. <laughs> um, I love it. That's like I said, <clears throat> it sets the tone for the week. Um, the history. You you got dudes from back in the day to you know, Danny Willett and and Mike Weir out there, right? Your randoms that M- Miguel Angel Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. So it's 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 just Marco uh, Mira. Yeah. It's it, the history to me. It sets. It starts the week off right, um, and just the the tradition and everything. It's, I it's, think that's it's, one of the things. Like you know, you, you win the Masters and you win a major, and that's cool and everything. And you get the green jacket. You don't get a dinner for the U.S. Open. Yeah, and exactly. PGA. Exactly. So, uh, like the way that the, the prestige you get every single year because you've won that one tournament. Like the U.S. Open doesn't have anything like that. All the other majors don't have anything like that. So. You know, there's a lot more to gain by winning the Masters. I think you know, in terms of you get to do this every single year. Yeah, um, yeah. So that to me is my number one. Like I said, to, it just sets the tone for the entire tournament. Um, my number two is the same as yours: uh, the ceremonial opening <laughs> tee shots. Love it, Arnie, Jack, right, Lee Elder, which is super cool this yeah. year, um, and and it's going to be cool down the road, right? I would imagine. As these kind of like some of these older Euro players get up there in age, we'll start to see them. Um, but it's it's just awesome. It's again, mm-hmm. it's the history of the tournament in action, and then you get to go see Gary Player and Jack ripping balls down the middle at yep. eighty six too, and it's like man, you know, like that's the beauty to golf. Like these guys, they still love the game. They can still play the game at eighty six. Yep. Like uh, you, you can't. Shovel, Steve, Steve Young ain't taking snaps when no. he's eighty six at the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> yeah. Like So it, it, there's, it's just, but that's again, that's the cool part of golf. Um, so we're coming on that. Here's where we've got a uh, a little bit of uh, discord. My number three, and you did it earlier. My number three tradition is the Masters music, and a gentleman that was busy earlier tonight. Jim, I believe his middle name is motherfucking Nance. Yes. Um, Who's got the, a better Masters than intro music and Jim Nance is like all I know of the Masters. Yeah. Um, and so 
it's not like an official tradition, but the hello friends, hello like all- friends with the music is that that gets my juices going. That's that is that is on my top three masters uh, traditions. Can't argue with that. All right. What's your 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 non faves? So non faves, not sos, um, my not sos. I put the par three contest because I don't like. It's not going on this year, and I. It's not. I, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, Tony Finau probably has it on his not so favorite list. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. dislocated his ankle. There. Yeah. But. I, I mean, you know, it's cool. It's cool to see the dudes, like players with their their kids and their wives and girlfriends Caddies. out there, right? Skipping the ball across. Like again, I could care less. Uh, but you know, whatever. Um, it's it's not like I dislike it. It's just it's, it's not. It's on one of things you can live without. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hence this year. And then uh, the only other thing I can think of is like their food and um, the pimento <laughs> and cheese sandwich because like. I didn't know what a pimento was for a long ass time, right? And then I just realized it was a, a, a marinated red bell pepper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that sandwich sounds like dog shit. Yes, a marinated red bell pepper and cheese on white bread. <laughs> like get, get out of here! What the fuck are you talking? We're in the south, baby. Give me some fried chicken or some ribs or yeah. something. You know, it's what I'm a barbecue. About? Yeah, they do have a barbecued pork sandwich, but yeah. So then, why would you get a pimento and cheese sandwich when you could get a barbecued pork sandwich? Exactly. Riddle yeah. me that, Randy. Yeah, why? Are they-, <laughs> they really push hard on these pimento and cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I, and and that's all I got. On, on well, well, I'm just gonna go ahead and, and piggyback on that because my number one worst was pimento <laughs> cheese sandwich. Uh, what the fuck? I mean, why? Why? <laughs> Who's picking that over a barbecue? You a know, pork sandwich. I'm, I, 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 I will give it a shot. I will give it a shot on the white bread and all that and stuff. But like, you know, it's the egg salad sandwich that everybody gets pumped up about. There's a reason why it's a dollar fifty. That's all I gotta say. Um, <laughs> we've talked about the pimento and cheese enough. Number two is the lottery for tickets. And God, this is something, it's like a love-hate. Because I hate getting the email that I didn't get in, but I still hold out hope that... For that one day that, that you That one do. day, it'll be my turn. Um, so I reserve the right to change this as my favorite to one of my faves. Once you get, once once you I get, get it. it. Yes. And then lastly... Something you touched upon. It's not not specifically the par three. It's the skipping the balls off the water on sixteen. I can live without it. Watch yeah, I it. can do. I skip balls across water hazards all the time. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> I see that shit every week. Every weekend I play. Watching Rom last year uh, skipping across the water. He had two uh, hole in ones uh, in his practice rounds that week, which is probably why I thought he's played well there in the past. Um, but yeah, skipping skipping balls across the water. You know, that's probably, it's a tradition, and if I had to rank it, it would just be lower. Lower, so, yeah. It's still a cool tradition. No other uh, tournament that the men have has them skipping balls across the water, so. I reckon you could probably do it at TPC. Yeah, you could. Sawgrass. Yep, you could. That would be a lot harder than that island green, though. Um, that's true. Definitely. So, don't want to talk too much shit on, on the tournament because in the traditions because we love it. Um, that's something that we definitely uh force ourselves to do was pick the worst uh of the traditions um and being that one of them took place on what is that 16 we should talk about specific holes and so one of the things i want to talk to you about was the top three holes that you have um for augusta i know a lot of people are gonna say oh it's just chalk put up amen corner 
Uh, but I thought we would still take yep. some time to go over our three favorite holes. I was looking at it earlier today, and I was actually surprised with some of the holes that I picked. So I'm I'm interested to, to hear what you did. All right, so I'm going to go with my number one is Red Bud, 16. Um, just because the drama that can unfold with that pin placement, you know where it's going to be on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know you need to catch that ridge and let it run back. Um, and, yeah, it's just always – it's it's – Constant drama from, I mean, you got two of Tiger's ultimate moments from the chip-in back there against Chris DeMarco to when he won it, right? Mm-hmm. And he stuck that, he almost hauled that motherfucker out. And that was when we all started to realize, like, damn, this is about to happen. This dude's about to win another major. Yep, um, yep. So that whole, it just, it always provides drama. It's 16, so obviously it's going to provide drama on a Sunday, right? You're, you're, you're coming down the final stretch. Um, so that is my, that's my number one. My number two is uh, a chalky pick, par, par five, Azalea, number 13. Uh, right right, mm-hmm. right there in Amen's corner. Yeah. Obviously you have Azaleas on... <laughs> yeah. On, uh, <laughs> but... Um, you know, it's, it's an iconic hole. It's, it, 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 the way that that hole shapes out is so crazy. Like it forces you to be a shot maker and not Mm -hmm. just bomb a par. You you can't just bomb it on a a par five. So, um, I love that. And then I was torn on my third. Um, I guess I'll, I'll tell you what I had put down for both and, and what I what I am gonna go with. I had I have ten and I have eighteen. So eighteen's Holly and mm-hmm. ten is like something with a C. Cam- oh uh, uh ca- Camellia. So I just went eighteen because it's eighteen. Uh, right. And the way it sets up par four, again, forces you to be a shot maker. Um you got the bunkers there. I mean the whole layout of the course is is crazy. I was surprised uh, to see how open it is. Like, I mean, you think that's going to be super narrow, um, but like you said earlier, it's the contour. Yeah, and and and, and yeah, like like uh, so. I went eighteen just because it's eighteen. It's an iconic hole, um, and that's my my number three ranked. And and then probably I'd put on like, uh, I forget what the term is. Whatever, no, notable mention, honorable yeah. mention, honorable mention, number one. Yeah. But the drama doesn't quite unfold on number one. You no. know what I mean? So, um, what do you got for me? So, I, yeah, mine are not in order. Um, um, I have, I have. Let's see, Golden Bell number twelve is number one, and I know that's that's a, such a cop out because that's no, I, that was almost on my list, and I it's in the heart of Amen Corner. You know, so much, so much. How many uh, tournaments have turned there? Though? Yeah, you know no, what I, mean? I mean that's yeah. that's why I picked sixteen too. It's the same. It's the same. Totally thing. agree. You know, it's one hundred and fifty-five yards, par three for for these guys. That's like a low iron or a wedge. You know what I mean? And um, I just listening to these guys talk about the wind in that area, and we saw that happen when Tiger won it. You have all the all these Chesco, guys, Brooks, yep, all Finau, Finau, all the guys at the top there. They the, couldn't judge the wind. Those two holes, uh, sixteen and twelve, those are the spyglass, re, like remake holes. Yes, you know yes. that that, that, that uh, Bobby Jones put in there. The, yeah, totally. Um, 
And, you know, I, I try to I try my best to keep this off the list, but there's been so many iconic moments. Um, if I could pick one course or sorry, one hole to play uh, from Augusta over and over again, or the only one I could play one time, it would be this one. Just okay. because I don't have to be a bomber, I could. There's a yeah, chance. Yeah, probably. I I would choose 16 for my. Yeah, my, that's. I mean, that's a great one too. Um, and like listening to the pros talk about the wind is a trip because they'd almost prefer the hole to be longer because they're hitting a lower trajectory shot. So you're hitting these high spinning shots that go up into the wind. So it's super hard to predict because you get the trees. A little dose of what the LPGA girls got to deal. With. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so that you know, it, it makes it really hard to get the to get the distance right when the you know the greens are super hard. If you're short, you're you're done. If you're long, you're done. And uh, it's a ribbon green, as everybody knows, uh, not very deep. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting to hear them say that they would prefer it be, to be longer. And I didn't realize it was only 155 yards. Watching you know those, it what, what the memory that sticks in my mind is is when Tiger won it. And watching everybody yeah, watching come up short, like, they came up short. Like they hit a 155 yard shot, 125. Like they were no that crafty short. bet. Yeah, um, yeah. So number two is going to be Firethorn, the number 15 par Ooh, five. Nice. We both went par fives in between. Yep, I get 530 yards. That's a cool hole too. Fuck. I I think that one was. Would be I'm changing really, mine. <laughs> I think that one would be really fun for an amateur to play, just because the fairway off the tee is just wide open. Um, you have to hit, essentially, um, keep it along the right side. So if you're righty, you'd like to hit a, a, a cut. If you're lefty, you want to draw it a little bit. Um, and then I can do that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then so for the, for the second shot, I mean, I know that I'm laying up. And it has uh, some water in front of the green. And what I really liked about it is, you know, us amateurs would be able to look, uh, to lay up and hit a shot. A to nice where, little wedge shot. A in wedge there. shot have in. Have some fun. Still, have some fun with it. Spin that bitch back into the water. That's right. So <laughs> that's why that's why I picked it too, because the third shot, you can go, if you go long, you're in the water. Oh, if you're short, brutal. you're got, in the water. I got the, I got the aerial flyover going right now. Oh. Yeah. It is, it's brutal. And the thing is, like, I know, I know. I'm blading a pitching wedge yes. right over that motherfucker. Without a doubt. <laughs> I'm going to be, I mean, right behind you duffing it in, duffing it short. Um, so I just thought that would be a really fun one for, you know, guys that are obviously like us going out there to play. It'd be fun off the tee until we had that third shot. Um, the pros, obviously, when they play that, they have a really difficult second shot um, if they make it at all. But yeah, so I, I wanted to pick that one. That's a nice pick. Yeah. It's a nice little sleeper pick. And then uh, my third is number 10, Camellia, 495-yard par four. Uh, the approach... Such a cool hole. Yeah. Like, the, the approach in to that to that shot, or to that green is um, very unique. It's just like, it's like cozy. It's got, on the left side, it's got, you know, pine straw and trees and all that stuff. If you go long left, if you're right, you have to deal with uh, that... That terrible bunker to yep. where if you're trying to get a, oh my god, depending on where the flag is, you're gonna have a host. really tough time. Your host, yeah. Um, and the bunkering, I just, I mean, McKenzie really does a a really around fine the green job there. Around the green has that swooping. You got the big old like cashew one, and then yeah, you got the one and, right and off to the side. Yeah, the uh, on the sh uh, on your tee shot, if you if you hook it too much, um, you're gonna hit it into that 
oddly shaped bunker. It's just like sprawling. It's yep. not. There's nothing symmetrical about it. It's everything is awkward and um, just the the way the bunkering is set up on that hole. I just really thought that, that was something that I would like to play. Um, and just reading about how the pros play it, they would say most of them go less than driver with a baby draw off the right side. Um, knowing myself, I would definitely be in those bunkers with a hook, like a low hook that did not go very far. Oh, I'm probably in the trees. I'm hooking one into the trees here. And then I had an honorable mention. Number 11, White Dogwood. 505 yard par four. This is start of aim and corner, and it's—I mean—it's got Ray's Creek going right in front of the yep. green. Just one of those iconic, iconic holes. I mean, dude, the whole course—we we don't have anything front nine, but like I said, it's, yeah, I think it's because so much drama unfolds on the back nine. But the the whole course is incredible. The, the contour, it's it's one of the like thi- no other a yeah. tradition like no other we'll cover uh actually next week one thing that we'll actually discuss uh that we haven't talked about um is the inspiration for that course design has that little bit of local um history in that with pasa tiempo and the yep. fact that bobby jones played pasa tiempo here in santa cruz before that course was designed so i'll actually share that next time we have we're on the podcast which will be a great one next sunday all right, time to put our money where our mouth is. Woo! Let's go. Let's talk bets. Let's go. I did. I did three top tens and a winner. And I know you did several. You did. You did three top tens. We got and that. Three we got that Chris Kirk cash, let's baby. Go. Let's go. Let it fly. All right. Let's <laughs> let's hear let's hear your top tens first. All right. So my top tens um, is. Cue the Stone Cold music. <laughs> Brooks Kepka on his busted ass knee at plus two fifty. Um, again, I don't think he's showing up to lose. Uh, so I think he's going to be in the thick of it. That's a chalky pick. Whatever. Top ten. Let's go. It's still um, bold though, coming off an injury. A guy. I think the. I think the number where it's at, what the payout is, says all you need to know about it. Vegas is saying two fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Matty Fitz, I'm all in on that. You're Fitz all matchup. in on You'll Fitz. You'll see that when I go into my winners. Um, he's he's played well all season. He played very well at uh, the Genesis at, at, at Riviera, which again plays very similar to this this track. And I like his game. Um, so and then going off that, uh, the man that won at Riviera and. A, a little bit of a long shot to get in the top 10 max homa at plus 700 um i like those odds again i think these two courses are very com- very comparable mm-hmm. and the way that from what it sounds like what guys are saying coming off these practice rounds here the past few days they're playing very similar yeah. so uh why not take them at, at plus 700 yep what do you got top 10s i got top 10s and i only have one winner so we'll go back to you for the winner's Actually, I'll cover my winner before we get back to you. My top tens, I got, I'm really putting my money, I'm doubling down on a lot of my guys right now, okay? I'm going to go ahead with my chalkiest pick. I'm going to say Vicky Hove at plus 300. I've been riding riding with him. All season. All season long. Uh, again, I don't necessarily think he's going to 
gonna win it, but I did pick him as one of my my Nicholas's. I, I mean, he he finished well there as an amateur. Yeah. Um, so we'll see about him. Uh, my second pick is another one of my guys, Jocko Neiman. I just think been on him all year. Yep. Yeah, been on him all year. Um, I mean, he played well at. Uh, oh God. Riviera as well, I believe. He did until Saturday. Until Saturday. He, he, and he really just had one that hole with the fucking uh, bunker in the green. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. Dude, because that Saturday there was crazy with the wind, right? Yeah. delayed it. So, he, yeah, that was kind of his derailing. But he was in contention That's up right. until that point. That's right. No, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick. And then lastly, I'm going with a, a guy that everybody loves, Kevin Kisner. Just because, I mean, if he gets a top 10 and plus 1,200. Yeah, Georgia boy. Yep. I mean, he rolls the rock. You don't have to be long to, to do well at Augusta. Nope. Um, you got to hit good approach shots, and you got to roll the rock. That's his game. And that's his game. Uh, I'll just cover my, like, just complete bold prediction of a pick to, <laughs> to, win, to win it all. Uh, I, I threw some scratch on Justin Thomas. I know he already won the, the players, but... And I've said it multiple times. Other than Dustin Johnson, um, I really think that JT is probably the best all-around player uh, in professional golf right now. Completely he, agree. Uh, he's had a, he had a tough start to the season with some controversy, controversy and all that. We won't talk about it. But um, I think that if I had to put my money on somebody to win it, it's going to be him. Plus 1,800. He locks in a green jacket. Hall of Fame. All that I, stuff I comes can, with it. I can, I can see it happening. Who you got for your winners? All right, I went kind of the same path um, as I did in my t- my T10s. So favorite, middle, and long shot. So favorite, again, it, it was uh, someone I put in my Normans. Not my Normans, excuse me, my Nicholas's. Uh, Tony Finau, plus 350. Or plus, plus, plus 3,500. Um, I would have put him in one of my Normans, to be honest with you. How dare you? Um, <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Come on, Tone. I root for him. Um, and then again, a guy I've, I've, I've won with him this season, doubling down. I've already talked about him enough. Matt Fitzpatrick, plus 5,500 uh, to win it. And then a big, long shot. A gentleman that was in contention to win this tournament in 2019 and fell victim to that swirling wind at uh, hole number 12 at Golden Bell, and then had some bad breaks from the fucking trees after that. Um, and another guy that, again, I'm kind of using... I'm, I'm going on Riviera in this course, playing very similar. Okay. He was in the top five at Riviera. I see what you're doing. Chesco Molinari, plus 2250. Wow. Ooh, let's go, Italy. Uh, I, I just want, I don't mean to correct you, but I, I believe it's 22,500. 22, 22, yes. Wow. That's incredible. And he, I mean, yeah, in 2019, he was right there. Why not, bro? Oh, a my bit of God. Come yes. On. <laughs> well, how could you not? How could you not? Oh, man. There's just so much we're looking forward to. I can't wait. I don't know. I kind of wish there was a par three I'll on Wednesday. I'll kiss you if he wins. <laughs> you have to buy me a drink first because you'll be you'll be rich after that. I do. I you know I, I'm just really pumped. Uh, I, I can't wait to to see what happens with all of this. We're gonna be back here next week. Hell um, yes! It's gonna be probably our our second longest podcast after this one. Um, we're gonna be in Fresno. We're gonna be playing 
sunny side, possibly Copper River. We could possibly be on the Central Valley Today morning show hey, hey. On, fr on Friday at 8 a.m. You should definitely check that out. Um, otherwise, dude, I just can't wait till Thursday. Hell yeah. New, uh, it'll drop probably the same time as this podcast. New Strong Body, Strong Swing, Sandy Parr's Morning 9. Morning 9. Coming out tomorrow. I'll be, uh, I'll be doing those up until we play on, on Saturday, man. Let's go, baby. All right. That does it for this episode of the Sandy Pars Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast content. Join us next week as we recap the Masters, discuss our Masters golf trip with the boys, and so much more. Lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sandy Pars Golf and visit our website, sandypars.com, for our full library of podcasts and additional golf content like course reviews, reading guides, and more. Special thanks to our producer, Ryan Thiessen, and until next time, hit him straight.